Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang and Bianca Leger. On this podcast, we'll introduce you to real-world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to uplift, inspire, and empower you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right, welcome everyone to another episode. Very excited for today's guest. He's been on in the past, episode number 10, and we have him back once again. Alongside co-host Bianca Leger, we interview the director of fitness education at the Honored Academy in Austin, Texas, where he lives with his wife and three kids. He is the creator of the all the Steel Club Evolution workout programs and the co-creator and producer of all the On It Six workout programs, the On It Six, the On It in Thirty online workout programs, as well as the On It Academy education courses and certifications. Welcome to the Winter Circle, Shane Hines. Thank you very much for having me back. Appreciate it. I really feel like cheering. I feel like it's the only <laughs> proper reaction to this. Like, woo! I, I may or may not have had a small sound in the back of my head just hearing. I was totally hearing it. <laughs> I also simultaneously had a moment where I wanted to look behind me and go, who are you talking about? Okay, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Very excited for this conversation. I'm vibrating high. And the goal of these conversations is to really uplift, inspire, and empower everyone tuning in to move forward with greater faith in themselves on the hero's journey. And the first question sets us up for a really positive conversation. And that is Shane Hines. What do you love about your world right now? Hmm. This is good because I never get prompted these questions ahead of time. And then, and then you hit them. I'm like, oh, these make me think. I really like these. Um, ask it one more time. What am I? What do you love about your world right now? Not about oh. the external world, but your world. <laughs> I think... What I'm loving about my world right now is possibility. So that's something that for me, I'm definitely a big picture, big vision kind of person. And so I really do thrive in a space where we start getting to talk about all the possibilities of what could be. And probably one of my biggest learnings and skills that I have needed to develop for myself is how do I take that big vision and excitement for what's possible and reverse engineer the steps that would be required to get there? Because I usually am always like, yeah, yeah, details. Don't worry. We'll figure that out. We're going for the thing. Let's go. <laughs> and so I have been so gratefully in a space with my work actually with on it and everything that uh, myself and John Wolf have been building out together and being able to contribute meaningfully to on it and its mission which has also been simultaneously a big part of uh, my mission and work as well to just continue to support and contribute to as many people as possible and empower them on their life's journeys and what that the possibility of what that could be. 
And doing that work though has definitely, and it's been interesting. I've had this conversation with folks a number of times over the years where when people were seeing what we were doing and what we were creating from the fitness side of things, and especially from the education and just being able to teach. And I've been so blessed and grateful for the number of people that it's resonated with and connected with that we've had folks over the years who are just like, how can I become a bigger part of this? How can I help you educate more and, and teach and do all these things? And it's always interesting because in those conversations, you know, there's, there's an element of what makes sense organizationally and whatnot, but then there's what makes sense for what you are needing right now. And most of the folks that I would have these conversations with were folks who were on their path of really like uncovering some really major layers. They were on a, on, in a space of discovery and uh, I've had the gift without, you know, I'm not an old man, but I'm a little older. I've been around a little bit longer. So I've had an opportunity to go through some really wonderful stages of discovery. And what I recognized my work, uh, the initial work that I was doing with on it through the fitness and opening this up and creating something of value that would then serve the company's mission of total human optimization. A lot of people know it primarily as a, uh, as a supplement company, but we also have the fit, uh, fitness equipment, exercise equipment, and we also have fitness now. And this idea of these different components that help serve a journey towards total human optimization. So my work with Onnit really in my conversations with these folks of like, I like, I feel like I, I would need to dive in and like try and do more with you guys in this way. And I always described it as, you know, when, when John and I were uh, offered these positions and asked to come on board to build what it is that we have built, it was also for me, like a really, it was an acknowledgement that I was helping to set roots. And John and I talked about this and, and it, this is very similar for both of us, I feel, but it was that we were in a space where we were growing roots down into a soil so that there was something that could continue to be there and continue to grow. And what we were offering through the education was the tree trunk. And there is a certain commitment when you are serving in the space of roots and helping to grow the thickness of that tree trunk so that it can withstand and move with whatever external forces are coming and not easily get knocked over or washed away. And part of that commitment to be the roots and the tree trunk is a certain letting go for a time is a certain letting go of what that serves into growing, right? So if we think about the tree and how it continues to grow, it has the branches that go out from it. And those branches are reaching out further. And those branches that reach out further also feel a lot more of the energy. There's the energy of the wind and the rain 
the roots and the trunk are underneath the canopy, so it doesn't feel the same thing. The wind up at the top is vibrating less down lower. Mm. And from those branches, you then have leaves that start to blossom in the spring and bring life and color to those branches. And on those branches, along with the leaves, you also get the flowers. And the flowers bring colors, different types of colors, different types of smells. And from those branches with the growth of leaves and flowers, you also have the growth of fruits. And those fruits are something that you can tangibly, people taste the sweetness and the nourishment and the energy of what that can bring. And eventually, if those fruits are dropped from the tree, there's a seed inside those fruits. And those seeds have an opportunity to plant and grow their own roots and subsequent trees. And so whenever I would have those conversations, it was really needing to help them acknowledge that it's like serving in the role of what John and I were creating to do that, there's absolute value. Otherwise I wouldn't have committed to the degree that I did in doing so. But there's a sense of certain limitations. There's a sense of reining things in a little bit. There isn't the same kind of energy as like go and create and reach out and do all of these things. And, and I, but I would be remiss to say that if even in the commitment and the choice, I made the choice to do it, I still have struggled at different times over the years with feeling the weight and the burden of that and the lack of space to express more and be connected out to the big possibility and all the energy that comes with that. So for me, this journey with Onnit has actually been this commitment to roots and trunk. And that for me and my own personal journey is reflective of, I naturally am like, am drawn to the flowers and the fruits and like all the energy of the wind and the rain and all the things out there, but needing to develop the ability to reverse engineer what continues to support vision and those are, what are the steps to get there? And what is the foundation that allows that to continue to go? Not just for me, but for so many more people. And that was my driver, was I could do this just for me, but I don't want to. I want to be a part of creating something meaningful that supports many other people to be able to do the same thing, give to empower. And... So what's interesting is that over the seven years, actually just hit a seven year anniversary. I started out on contract with on it first and then started working with them. Uh, and that will be seven years this summer uh, directly as an employee here in Austin. But my seven years of working with on it, I just had my seven years. And over the course of that seven years, that has been the commitment that has been, let's really help establish the roots and the trunk. And that's really there. And it's interesting that the establishment of that and creating opportunity 
for more to kind of move up the tree and start to move out into the branches and you know what can we create uh, from there came with the uh, coming out of the last two years that we've had as an entire world and so it's yeah for me it's just been really interesting reflection to see those two things aligning as the world is kind of stepping out into the sun and kind of taking a deep breath and going okay what can we do from here we sort of had our foundation shaken needing to put those pieces back together where can we go and so uh, i'm stepping into a space uh, here at on it where uh, still supporting the ongoing fitness elements that we are going to continue to do and continue to connect with people. But there's a big opening of being able to get into, just be given time to be able to connect with community more mm-hmm. and to nurture community. And for me, that's a part of my leaves and flowers and fruits. That's where a lot of the back-end production and the detail-oriented things to build everything that we've been building out. I've been doing a lot of that, but the certifications which you came to, those for me were my little like, (sighs) ah, because while I've been developing strengths, those are earned strengths, I have not had as much space to flourish in my natural strengths and my natural strengths are connection. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I love in my world today is that I'm in a space to have felt really good to have contributed meaningfully to a foundation of something that now I get to step into the next stage of what that is and look at possibility and get to feel the wind on my face and the rain in my hair, you know, Mm. just be able to take all that in. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that, Shane. Um, That has inspired me to branch into so many different questions, but I'd like to start with a celebration. I know we talked about celebration last time. I want to share a celebration in mind that we could um, talk about some of your celebrations from these past two years, because I feel that something we both agree on. It's important to celebrate our accomplishments. So I'd just like to celebrate the birth uh, or just kind of the evolution of two seeds that you've planted. Um, One seed is the seed you've planted in me um, through our community and connection at the Onan Academy in Texas. And the other seed is seeds you planted in so many with your online programs over this pandemic. Um, so I was at the gym yesterday and I was probably wearing one of my Onnit shirts, not this Onnit Academy one, but just an Onnit tank top. Um, I feel it inspires me in my workouts at a, a new gym that just opened up around by my house. And um, a gentleman, um, a power lifter named Andre came up to me and he said, I've been watching you move. Like y- you must have something to do with Onnit. Um, are you like, are you a trainer at Onnit or like, like what's, what's going on? I'm actually, yeah, I have done some, I've done a whole bunch of, I spent a lot of time in on it. Um, I kind of shared with him my story there and he said, yeah, on it. And they're on it six program in particular, the steel mace and the kettlebell really saved me from going insane during the pandemic. And he, he said, I love what they taught me and um, I'm wanting to learn more. And I just really like the way you move. Um, could you show me some stuff? And I'm like, well, what's, what are you wanting to work on? He's like, well, for powerlifting, like I really need like loose hips. And I'm like, oh, as a jujitsu player, is the black belt in jujitsu now. 
um, hips, hips are my specialty. And I spent one hour just sharing with him everything that you've taught me, Shane, everything that John Wolf has taught me, um, Sarah Jameson, everyone, everyone that has yeah. come before me and paying that forth. Um, because that's one thing that you've taught me is once you learn all these, all this amazing knowledge, it's like, no, don't just keep it to yourself. Share that, share that, help it evolve, help evolve others. And in the process, you evolve yourself. So that's mm -hmm. a huge celebration that um, I wanted to share with you that as you're talking about seeds and what you love about your world today. Um, and then let's just transition into what have been some of your celebrations these last two years, Shane? Uh, let's see. That's another hard, another good question. You always land these because it, it's always that you, you land the ones that I have to think about because it's interesting. I think that is one of the things, and, and this has been something that we've spoken about is traditionally, I don't, I'm not great at celebrating and I know I'm not the only one out there. I think there are plenty of us that aren't great at celebrating, uh, but one of the things about the idea of celebrating that's so important to me is the acknowledgement of where we've been. And in an acknowledgement of where we've been and what we've done, we are then able to carry forward all of the amazing benefit that we got out of that experience to carry that forward into what's to come. Whereas if we don't, then we miss out. We potentially miss out on what we've learned along the way to move forward. And so that's been something that's helped me a lot in terms of being able to connect to celebration more is this idea that celebration is a key component of the reflection. And that celebration is the energy, like part of the actually higher energy higher frequency that feeds energy from that reflection into our continuing to move forward. Because we get to celebrate. We all want to be valued. We all want to know that we've done something, whatever that is, improved by a degree, improved by a mile, made this happen, helped someone, like whatever it is we want that is intrinsically wired into us as human beings is to be valued and to bring value. And so to celebrate that is important. And I have to give credit to my wife who has helped me celebrate better uh, over the years and my children uh, as an extension of that. Because I actually, I remember I had a time where even though I had you know who, friends who would remind me or uh, do a little surprise party for me, which I was always so grateful about. I actually hit a point in my early 20s where I, I forgot about my birthday. So I, I had times where like a good friend of mine is like, so what are we doing for your birthday? Two days before my birthday. And it occurred to me, I was like, oh, that's my birthday coming up. And I didn't even realize it was already here. I hadn't mm -hmm. been thinking about it any. And so, and this doesn't mean that we didn't, like my mom did birthday parties for us every year. So it's not like that wasn't somehow some carryover, but they're just, I hit a space where this idea of celebrating my accomplishments or celebrating my milestones just didn't seem as important 
or it's not even that it wasn't as important. Maybe it was that I actually felt that it didn't warrant value, the kind of value that I would, would put on it. And instead, I was always looking at what was coming next. So, and even over the years, and this is, I think this is going to continue to be my lifelong, one of my lifelong lessons that I'm continuing to just get better at. But, uh, and John and I have talked about this over the years, because I think he, he has struggled with that at times as well. And where we're in a project together and all right, we've got this on at six program coming out or whatever, and it launches and we're already on to the next thing. We're already moving forward into another project. We're already mapping out what's coming mm -hmm. and not to devalue that, not to devalue this sense of drive and, uh, and purpose and focus and doing all of those things, but to not take advantage of those moments to celebrate is to have less of what the whole experience we're supposed to be experiencing along the way. Mm -hmm. So we only have part of the experience if we don't celebrate. The celebration is part of it. <sighs> mm. And so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, go ahead, Bianca. I would love to take a moment to just reflect on certain things that really stand out to me about what you're sharing. And I think it's so, so special. Um, the reinvestment of the energy and your attention to how we are fueling something that is coming up, I think is such a big um, reminder for us to remember why we do things. Um, I want to thank you for this because as I'm listening, it's really reminding me that just like you said, you work with this, with the roots, you work with the foundation of things and it's not easy. It's not easy setting the foundations, especially when you, you're not riping the benefits right away. You're thinking about the upcoming people and the upcoming times and you're oriented and in, you're focused on the why you do things. I think it's so beautiful because a lot of us get stuck in instant gratification. And the thing that really stands out to me about everything you're sharing is not only your devotion to your community and the connections that will emerge from the work you're putting in now for the future, but it's really, and this is what is mind blowing to me, is that reminder and the possibility that we can create something that is sustaining itself. And I think this is also where it's at, where the gold is in for all of us because we've been running on profit and, and um, things that don't necessarily generate energy for the ones who are investing energy in. And, and so I think the more, <laughs> the more businesses, people, voices um, sharing this message of, we can create things that are actually sustaining us if we focus on why we do things and we do it with such intention, building the core uh, foundation and the qualities necessary for it because it's not easy work. Mm. Whew, there's a lot to be inspired by in there. So thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. 
a few things that I'd help, like to help you celebrate, Shane. Okay, Arthur thank Fink. you. <laughs> I realized I didn't Arthur. answer. I'm going to come up with, I have a few things like right off the bat, okay. top of my head, but I will start here. And I, I realized it through all of that. I was like, it was like reflection on me and celebration and what that means, but I didn't actually answer what I'm celebrating. You go ahead, so, you start. And then I have a few things I do have. Okay, maybe, maybe these are some of them, but a few things that I'd like to help you celebrate is the creation and success of the On It Six workout programs, um, the On It in 30 online workout programs, as well as the On It Foundations training program where people become, become a trained On It Academy um, fitness trainer online. And I know during the pandemic, during these last two years, those three um, arms of creation that you've built with, alongside John and Wolf have really helped and inspired countless people in addition to um, a beautiful online Facebook community that you and John have really nurtured. Um, so let's, let's start there and then you can add on to the celebration. Okay, yeah. And, and I think that that's one of those things that, uh, thank you for that, Derek. And I do wanna celebrate getting to this point and it has been, it's definitely had times where it's felt you know, big and heavy and burdensome. And, but I cannot be thankful enough for, even though there are periods where it feels like you're alone and carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, the importance of being able to acknowledge and recognize the number of people that have been involved. And we've had so many people who have been involved from uh, our project management team that has supported us and our creative team that has helped build the, uh, the branding look and feel of what these programs uh, look and feel when people first come in contact with them. And, uh, and then our uh, just support from the company as a whole to keep putting these out. And, uh, and that's just, and all of the people who have been involved as models. So that's something in fitness programs that most of the time you hire people who are fitness professionals of some sort or trainers themselves. And you're like, hey, we need some models to do this thing. We have all of our models that have been with us have been people who have been a, a part of the journey with us. They've come through our certifications. We've been able to support and coach and mentor them as well as be friends with them and to see them able to show up uh, and we have uh, members of our Onnit uh, employees, like our very company, from who are not fitness professionals, who have come in and done the beta testing for a program, and it just made sense to have them on as one of our models. And the thing that we always uh, made sure to emphasize was that you guys are here for everybody else at home watching. Because while John's instructing, they're watching all of you and the different levels that you're working through. So the experience that they're having is an experience with you. And so it was always very meaningful, the people that we have on board for that. And you can feel that in the community and people who have done the programs. They really resonate with who, who they're working out with, who they're exercising with. And so 
I'm very grateful for that. And that is a huge celebration. And I'm super happy about that. For launching the On It in 30s, yes, big celebration for that. That, is, that was a key piece to help fill in for people who needed a little something extra uh, outside of the On It 6 programs to support what they're doing with the On It 6 programs, or maybe just jumping into a full program like that was just a bit too much. So having something a little more, a little smaller, a little more piecemeal, a little more customizable and focused on different areas has really allowed people to engage. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, and then in this last year, and I guess the last two years, because that was what you said, uh, the, the big one for me, especially most recently from a work perspective is definitely uh, foundations. Uh, that one was a big one for me. That was like a, that one turned into a personal journey of like, without getting too deep into it, but like chains over my shoulders and my back and just like dragging it, the feeling of dragging, having to drag this thing uh, to fruition. But again, the support that we had from everybody to get there. And I think it was just, yeah, it ended up being really tied to my, my own journey as well, just as everything we do, you know, we have work and we have personal life, but the reality is it's the same thing, both in your personal life and your work. What's the common denominator? You, you. the human being. So, <laughs> you know, even though we try and separate these two things, it's like they're both an overlapping part of who we are. And so you, to, to separate it is to, again, put on blinders and close ourselves off to key components of our experience as human beings going through, through this, uh, through this life. And so, yeah, that one, that one was a really big one for me and, uh, to have gotten to the point where it's now up, it's live. It has all the features, the basic features that we need for people to be able to go through. And we have people who are currently getting themselves certified and the feedback has been really, really wonderful where, um, so for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Derek was a part of Foundations, the online program and experiencing. We wanted to make sure that far too often online, online educational offerings can be a lot of talking heads and uh, and the thing that the feedback that we got the most from attendees to all of our certifications was the being able to be together, the experience and the holding of space that was created so that not only was it what we were learning, but it was how we were experiencing it over the course of those two days or multiple two days as Derek has been through. And so we, we really wanted to make sure that that initial sense of connection to that was there and felt as a through line because we also knew that people at home were going to essentially be on their own in front of a computer taking in information. And mm -hmm. we wanted a sense of what's the, we want you to feel connected to the spirit of the thing. And so we invited uh, a whole group of people who had been, had come out and done almost all of our certifications multiple times. And, and not only that, but really exemplified what we saw as taking what they learned and putting it into action. Uh, 
And Derek was one of those individuals. So uh, while we personally haven't had a chance to connect in a little while, I've actually seen you and you've been with me a whole lot in the last couple of years because I see you in the videos as I'm working on the course and everything. And, uh, and that was, yeah, that was really special. And, and that to be able to have that and celebrate, you know, all of those people and to be able to celebrate this thing that we've put out that people are certifying now through the online offering and the feedback is, oh, this was a little different than I expected, but in a really good way. I was challenged in different ways, but in a good way. I don't usually like exams or tests set up this way, but you did it well. So it's like just different things that really help get across as best we can uh, through an online deliverable that we don't have in person. Again, as a foundation for those opportunities down the road when we do get to all be together in person, which that's mm-hmm. certainly still a part of the vision is to continue to create opportunities for that connection. And on that next note, uh, the Onnit tribe. And that for me is definitely, as I mentioned earlier, the opportunity to connect with people. That's one of my natural strengths, just connection and interaction and digging in and looking at what do you got going on? What's happening in your life? Let's, you know, let's see. Oh, okay, cool. Well, what about this connection? What about this connection? What about that connection? And being able to draw on those. And so I have had the absolute joy of really being able to get more involved with our Onnit tribe in the last two years, two years or so, maybe even just a year and a half and uh, in a much more active way and that has been a real gift for me. And that for me is a, a huge celebration to see where we're at with that community. And that's not just in terms of the size, but what's going on in that space. There is an environment and a culture that is inclusive, that is fun, that is accepting, that is vulnerable, that is courageous, that is patient and persistent, that is determined. We're just seeing more and more people who are coming in. And a lot of people come in initially for our On It Six challenges, which are six week challenges. There are prizes associated with it. There's all this stuff, but then they get in there and they realize, oh, this isn't just a six weeks before and after pictures kind of, and I'd like, maybe I win a prize. It's a shift in terms of how does this serve you in your life? And while we have our core team that holds space for this to continue and supporting our community, it's actually the, I watch the community who holds the space. Mm -hmm. And if we weren't there, they would continue to hold that space because they've taken what we've put out there and just own it. Like, so thoroughly that's a huge celebration for me and i'm Mm -hmm. like so honored to be able to continue being a part of that and supporting that um so on the like work side of things yeah those are those are big celebrations those are uh huge and definitely good for me important for me to continue to be able to acknowledge those things as i'm in this stage of just naturally shifting towards possibility and grander vision and connection and what are the things that we now get to do 
building off of the foundation that's been created and mm-hmm. uh and the number of people that continue being involved and what that looks like and i'm excited for that i'm very excited mm-hmm. on another note a big celebration that i for me is the time that i have had with my family the last couple of years and that i um uh been married for 18 years and I continue to fall in love with that woman more and more every single year and that for me is a massive celebration and for my three kids who uh, two of whom are teenagers and one isn't that far behind uh, that to have had the time that has opened up for me to be able to just do more with them as a family. That's a big celebration for me. And mm-hmm. that's something that I, you know, I really, and I, I work to acknowledge that with them, that I don't have necessarily like a whole lot of a personal life, but that's because outside of anything that I do through my work, which thankfully I've been able to, I've been blessed enough that my work is associated with my purpose in life. So those two things are, that is fulfilled through my work and being able to support my family in that process. And then in tandem with that is the time and energy that I show up as a husband and as a father. And that's always been a massive priority for me and super important. And so balancing those two things, finding the harmony between those two things has always, you know, it shifts and it's not always easy. And I've had just the amazing support of my wife, Juliet, and of my kids. And so I don't, you know, I don't have a much of a personal life outside of my work, as we tend to think of it, going out with friends, like being a part of this club or these hobbies or these things, because all of my other time goes to my family. Mm. And over this last period, last couple of years just with the shift and yeah with the pandemic and the shift in how we work and where we work from has opened a door for me to have more time with them just even just being around and being able to be connected and so that for me I know that that wasn't the same for everybody as families through this period and my heart goes out to anyone who had a greater challenge through that time in that way. And uh, I don't take that for granted. In that though, to be allowed to celebrate the time that I've had, especially as they get closer to stepping out on their own and spreading their own wings. I'm like, well, these are the years I need to get this time in and, and I've been granted that. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big celebration too. There we go. Some more celebrations. And thank you for that, Shane. <laughs> And let's talk a bit more about your relationship with Juliet, um, a relationship for 18 years where you're growing more in love with her each day. What are, what are the foundations to that relationship that have kept that strong, evolving, and just flowing to greater and greater um, abundance? One is a mutual... Is a mutual vision of how we're moving through this life. So first and foremost, I have to say right off the bat that that 
a major foundation for the two of us that has continued to provide perspective in our lives individually, but then has also given us the gift of perspective as a couple is uh, a shared faith. And so we are both Baha'is, member members of the Baha'i faith. And it was interesting, like that 100%, I have to say, is like, first and foremost, that's our basis. And that has made a massive difference. And what's interesting is that the, uh, the perspective of the Baha'i faith in, on marriage is this, there's this term that gets used, which is building a fortress for well-being. And I always loved that perspective. And that would have been a perspective I brought into my marriage, whether Juliet was a Baha'i or not. And that for me was never a, um, a mandatory thing. I was never like, I have to marry another Baha'i. It was, it's just, it worked out that way. And so I'm super grateful for that and super blessed because it gives us a common perspective and understanding from a worldview and a life purpose view that makes it easier for us to find a connected view. This idea of fortress for well-being, I thought was always interesting because it, it kind of sounds like two dichotomous words. If you were to separate them and you think of fortress, you think of defense and big walls and, you know, grit and like all of this stuff. And then you think of well-being, you think of love and acceptance and, you know, soft and gentle. <laughs> and to bring those two things together and this idea of fortress denotes a building of a foundation, a building of a, a space in which you are growing something together and that rather than it necessarily being about needing to hold any external force outside that we are defending this thing that we're growing together and committed to from within. Mm -hmm. So the fortress represents us defending even with each other, meaning we're putting in the effort to keep it together to work on our issues, to work through challenges and find solutions. And then how do we take the challenges that we've been through and transform it into something that serves us? So it's not even just about, oh, this thing was really bad. So we just want to excise it. It's how do you transform? Because energy is never actually destroyed. It only ever shifts its state. And so how do we shift the state of the energy of what that was into something positive that helps us continue to build and grow? And not easy, obviously, to do that. But that for sure is, uh, is a, massive, uh, a massive foundation. And I believe the other, another piece that really made a massive difference for me is when I was younger, in my early 20s, um, I was in a relationship that I, uh, was so thankful for, and it was, we were at a stage where we were talking about marriage, where we were talking about family and the possibility of where these things could go. And in the end, 
uh, I had to come to terms with the recognition that it wasn't going to go there. It wasn't going to, we weren't going to go beyond the state where we were. And uh, that was a very difficult decision for me to come to and to have to be the one to present that. But I had to be true to myself and what that meant. And so after that, as it related to through, through my early 20s, as it related to relationships, I sort of like took a big step back from, you know, trying to meet people or, you know, see like, oh, is it, you know, oh, this, there's a real connection. Let's see where this goes. Like anything. I just really took a, a step back. I took a deep breath and just focused on working on myself and trusting that, you know, I'll, I'll find the individual when the time is right and when I'm ready. And that, that was part of it was I was not ready. And there was, I remember there's this one Christmas where I was uh, at home alone, people were gone and I had two weeks to myself and I was up in, in the Arctic uh, in Northern Canada. And so it was dark and we had some small mountains behind our community. And so I just went out hiking every day and, um, and I, and it just gave me time to reflect. And I was really thinking about it. I was like, okay, you know, especially for us when we're young, I, I think it gets less, the, it gets less and less as we get older, but when we're young, the list that we have of the person that we're going to be with is long right? It's like, they need to be this. They need to be that. I want them to have this. We've got to agree on this. There's got to be alignment in this, like da, 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 da. I was like, man, we set up massive expectations that mm -hmm. more often than not, I think the individual doesn't disappoint us. <laughs> it's the inability for any individual to match whatever this thing is that we have in our head of expectations. Uh, and so, I really just drilled down to the core and drilling down to the core. One, the, one of the things that just popped out at me was, okay, something that is important to acknowledge about relationships is the need for, and this was just the word that I used at the time, but for compromise, there is a space where when you're together in a relationship, there is an overlap of both of your life's journeys, your life's purposes, what you're working towards, you're doing this together. And so there's this overlap. And so sometimes there needs to be a compromise on the things that all the things that you want to do. And you're like, okay, well, out of the five, I can't do two of those because to do that is to run counter to my love, my partner, my soulmate, uh, my wife, my husband, like the other person being able to attend to their things as well. So there's a degree of, there has to be give and take. And so I was like, all right, but it was good that compromise was the word because I thought if, if in a relationship it requires a degree of compromise at times, what are the things I can't compromise? And essentially thinking about because I cannot compromise me, like the essence of who I am. I can compromise things and go, yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that in order for them to be able to have their thing. And they do the same for us. But 
where does it seem that we start running into a lot of issues when we're in relationships? If anything, a lot of issues arise when we start compromising on the essence of who we are, because mm -hmm. we think, oh, well, I don't need to fulfill this thing in me, or I don't need to, you know, I, 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 I guess I don't need to do like, be like this or be like that. I will change who I am at the essence of who I am because it puts this person off. And so if I do that and I compromise that, then maybe it'll make things better. It doesn't because mm -hmm. you are compromising the essence of you and the world does not need any of us to compromise who we are. What they need is they need the essence of who we are to be brought out into the light. So, so I sat down and I went, okay, forget the list of all the things. What are five things? What are five things that I can identify that I cannot compromise about myself? And I limited myself to five because otherwise it was going to become like a whole big list again. I was like, I really have to hone in. And, and I got to those five things. Um, one of them was a belief in God and sense of spirituality. So I'm like, they don't need to be a Baha'i. They don't need to be a particular faith or religion, but an essence of who I am is this sense of connection to a greater source. And that is what like guides me through my life. If I'm with someone who does not see that or agree with that, then we're never going to find an alignment together to move towards something because I will always be moved by that. And that isn't a criticism or judgment or put down on anybody who isn't, doesn't feel connected like that. It's just, that's an, an essence of who I am. And so in the context of this level of relationship, that was important. And uh, another one was trust and trust being so important that unfortunately, and I see it over and over again in relationships all around me, that there's this constant, like the stuff around, I, it kind of boggles my mind actually. And maybe this is me being an old man, but I'm just like the number of times that people talk about having to check their boyfriend or their girlfriend's phone oh. to see, are you DMing people on the sly? Mm -hmm. Or are you like all of that? Like that just makes me sad. Mm -hmm to not be able to have a level of trust in your partner. So trust was important. And that was something that that whole, I just never did well with jealousy because I always strive. I'm not a perfect human being, but I always strive to show up, to be of integrity and to be trustworthy. And so that I found very difficult when there's a lack of trust, but it, the lack of trust doesn't come from a reason necessarily from anything I'm doing, but a lack of being able to trust others because of things that may have happened to someone in their past. And so that's not, again, that's not to knock the other person, but if that's just something that's not there, then it would make it really hard. And I would not be able to compromise that if I wanted to show up whole. Um, 
faith. There was trust, humor. Humor was a big one for me because I knew that uh, where humor was going to come in, like the most important was once you go through some pretty hard and hairy things. Once you go through that, to be able to joke, like to be able to have some humor about it on the other side, that would be important. And then in the day-to-day, -day, just to be able to laugh and to recognize that laughter and being able to not take things too seriously uh, is important, again, for energy. And I laugh with Juliet a lot and have over the years. And uh, we always joke, it's funny because we're like, if, if there wasn't a clock and things to do, we would just keep going and going. Sometimes we forget and then we find ourselves, it's two o'clock in the morning and we're still just chatting and we've been chatting for five hours. It's like, I could just keep doing this with you. And so that's, and, and I believe that the, the humor and the connection and the sense of purpose, like all of those things really tie into that. Um, so it's that, there was that, a sense of adventure and adventure didn't mean because that's who I am and adventure didn't mean to me it didn't mean that I needed someone that I could like travel around the world with or who wanted to climb up like 600 foot cliffs or you know sail a boat to Tahiti or things like that it didn't need to be that but that a sense of adventure spoke to a level of openness mm. to new experiences and it could just be like willing to try a different kind of food. It could be willing to try it, like it was willing to just try different things and explore. And if it doesn't land, no problem. Uh, but an, it spoke to an openness to what could be experienced. And that was important. Uh, and then the last one was respect. That it was really important that we could respect each other because I lead in my life with everyone that I meet with respect first. That's how I start every interaction and every engagement is with respect first. And if there isn't a mutual respect, then like if they don't respect me, then what are they going, like all the other things, how are they gonna take all the other parts of me that I can't compromise Seriously, how do I know that they really do value those things as much as I do? Mm -hmm. So those were the things that I, I'd written down. And once I wrote them down and I realized, okay, these are my five and that's what I'm looking for. That's my filter. That's my framework that I'm looking for as I start to come through and I, it doesn't look beautiful, but I see the person through the other side, you know? And, and then after that, I let it go. And it was amazing how after going through that process, I didn't really think about relationships or wonder, like, could that be the person? I just mm -hmm. let it go. And I was, and I trusted that recognizing that those five things were solid in me and it would be, I would feel the off on one of them if it was there. And I have met some amazing, wonderful women along the way uh prior to meeting Juliet and uh, good friends and just amazing human beings but I just recognized that I was like 
yeah, no, we're friends. It's good. Like I just the connection thing, just it wasn't there. It didn't line up. And so when I met Juliet, it was like basically when I really got to know Juliet, it was over the span of six weeks from the time we really started getting to know each other to the time that I asked her to spend the rest of her life with me. And I had never done that before. Any relationship prior, it was like, usually it was a, a process of like, we were really good friends. Like we became basically best friends over the course of a year and just mm -hmm. transitioning to the next stage of a relationship made sense. But this was just like, met her and I wasn't even thinking about it. Like over the course of those six weeks, it was just, I was getting to know her. We were just friends. I wasn't even thinking about all the things. And it was just like, click, 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 click. And then one day um, she and my sister and I were hanging out at her apartment. And uh, she said, I wonder where we'll all be in 10 years. And my response was probably in all corners of the globe, you know, just out there doing something. I said that part out loud, but in my head, in that moment, I looked at her and I went with you. And that was when I knew, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Juliet. This is her, this is it. And I was like, really, is it? And I spent three days like seriously reflecting about it and just making sure that like this, this is, and, and saying a lot of prayers, talking to God, asking the universe, just going like, is this it? And, uh, and so that was on a, yeah, that was on a Tuesday late afternoon. And on a Friday, I then asked her and we had just been friends up to that point. So for her, it was a little like, what? <laughs> uh, but all that to say, there's a lot more to that story, but in the end, she was like, yeah, and I, and I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm here. I just needed to say this. I needed to make sure it got out there in the world. I just couldn't, and to you, I couldn't put that, I couldn't keep that in. So um, yeah, it was about a month and a half later. She was like, yeah, I want to, uh, I want to as well. So here we are. I had actually would have been around this time that uh, just after just like a month ago, she would have said, yes, like night, that would have been 19 years ago. So, uh, yeah, so that, that has definitely been, uh, you know, the foundation that really laid the way for me on my part. And she has her own story as well of like what helped prepare her for this and uh, over the course of her life. And uh, a big part of it, you know, I always come back to this, uh, this idea of a triangle versus these other shapes. So if we are focused to, like too much on each other, we are a natural end point. And that natural end point starts butting up against each other. And so this can you know, be recognized when we get into states where we may feel an oversense of dependency on the other, where it's mm -hmm. just too much about the other person. And then conversely, there's uh, this direction where you're moving along your journey. You see someone else that you're kind of both moving along in the same direction and you go, I want to go through this life together. You want to do this? It's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm not knocking those relationships or that dynamic because for some people that really works. And when I look at it, it's just like uh, the opposite of dependency. It's like 
very independent. And so you go through life supporting each other and all these things, but you're kind of doing your own thing. And then there's this one. And that is where it is the, the middle of going on your path focused on a higher purpose that is beyond yourself. And, but by doing that and supporting each other to help each other on your path towards, on your journey towards a higher purpose and creating in that fortress for well-being a vision of doing so together and what that looks like and what you create together to also serve that higher purpose. Now we're always moving closer and closer towards each other. And as we do so, our capacity continues to expand and we keep moving towards each other and our capacity continues to expand. So we never hit an end point, but we're always moving closer to each other. And I feel honestly that that is why I can say that after 18 years, every single year, I've just fallen more and more in love with her and I feel closer and closer and I don't see an end to that. Mm -hmm. God willing, if I get you know, 60, 70 years out of this life with her together, probably I'd be saying the exact same thing right now. I just keep falling more in love with her and I haven't even hit the end yet. We're still going. Mm, so beautiful. An epic story and some wise wisdom for us all. Um, thank you so much for sharing that, Shane. Um, and I want to be, I want to be mindful of your time, but, and I have a few questions left, but I'm going to try to merge them into this one question if I can. Okay. Um, so, this is about reinvention and I feel I'm currently in a state of reinvention, Bianca as well. And prior to joining on it, Shane, you founded and owned Dare to Evolve, a coaching business. You were also the creator of an expansive club evolution training series. You even worked in the film industry, stunt doubling for Hugh Jackman in the Wolverine. So you've, you've reinvented yourself many times. So let's talk about reinvention and also the concept of daring to evolve. All right. That's, that's very relevant, actually, because I am finding in this, myself in this state of possibility and opening up that I am in a state of reinvention myself as well right now. Um, and, and I just, just for the record, because I don't, I don't want to... Um, devalue the actual stuntman who did the stunt work for Hugh Jackman I was his stand-in so I just shout out to the stunt guy I didn't do all his stunts but I was the stand-in which you understand that uh that game which was fun yeah um but so dare to evolve you know it was interesting when I got into fitness so I th there is yeah there is this degree of reinvention I guess along the way which is interesting because when I was in school, like in high school, I, I had two paths I was looking at. I am one, which was my like major focus through those years was uh, I was a goaltender who played hockey and man, I wanted to make the NHL. <laughs> I'm a Canadian. So that makes absolute sense to anybody else. That's like, okay, yeah. Don't all Canadians want to join the NHL? I don't know about all of them, but yeah, it was something that really, yeah, 
It's just, it was something that I was really uh, passionate about. It was also, interestingly enough, when I reflect back on it, was absolutely tied to my personal evolution and journey and growth. And so the meaning that it held for me was more than just simply playing professional hockey. It was what it represented for me. So there was that. And then the other coming out of uh, if I were to be studying uh, post-secondary education and had a different career would be marine biology. And so those were sort of the two things when I was in high school. After high school, I decided to go and do what uh, in the Baha'i faith we refer to as a year of service. And it is to go somewhere and to uh, just be of service to a community, to projects, to people, whatever may be happening. And, uh, and yeah, and do that because service is such a big part of what the Baha'i faith promotes and as a means towards unity and unity of mankind, unity, that principle is the major principle of the Baha'i faith that it brings. And so uh, I ended up deciding and that was a really hard decision for me because I thought oh if I take a year off from playing hockey how does that affect my chances to keep going and in the end this one won over inside for me and I really wanted to go and do my year of service so uh, that year turned into a year and a half and I was teaching uh, English as a second language in Thailand uh, and so that was so I was a teacher for a year and a half um, doing my best to be as qualified as I could be for those kids because I didn't have any formal education in it. Uh, but that, interestingly enough, was also good for me because I had teachers in high school who asked me, Shane, what are you going to do when you finish high school? Like, what are your plans? I'm like, yeah, marine biology, or I'll see if I can play hockey, and that kind of thing. They're like, uh-huh, yeah. Have you thought about being a teacher? And mm. that never occurred to me, but they obviously saw something in me that I did not necessarily recognize or understand at the time. And so when I went and taught uh, in Thailand, I reckon, even though that's kind of a different experience, <laughs> Uh, than if I were just teaching back here uh, in North America. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't fit the mold of a traditional school system. And so I came back and I went to college and I went to college for something called natural resources technology, which basically is environmental studies. And I, I did that for two years, got my two-year diploma in that, and then went on to be a conservation officer after that. So a fish and wildlife officer. And up north, when we do that, they refer to us as renewable resource officers because we're fish and wildlife, we're forestry, we're environmental protection. So you get sworn in under a whole bunch of different scopes. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years. And then I decided, all right, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to pursue this marine biology thing. And uh, and what happened to the hockey thing? I actually came back and was playing after having two years off. I was playing better hockey than I ever had before. The break was good for me, but now I got to just enjoy it. And I wasn't worried about getting to the NHL. So I was like, moving on. I got other things I got to do. 
And uh, so I was going to go to school for marine biology. And in that process, in that time, I met my Juliet and who I was marrying. And I was getting into school and I was, uh, had qualified for uh, the Naval Reserves. They have uh, one of the jobs was a port inspection diver. So they check the hulls of ships. They make sure that harbors are clear and they go out and diffuse ocean going mines. I was like, and the training was supposed to be super hard. I was like, all right, I'm in. Uh, like, I'll do that uh, as a part-time job. And as a way to get, that was my big reason was to actually get the, the cold water and the hard training and all of that. That was just for me personally going to be fun, but it was to get scuba experience that I could use then becoming a marine biologist or a marine tech or something. And that summer, so I'd qualified, I was ready to ship out to boot camp in Quebec. And I was two weeks away. I was in a soccer tournament and I blew my knee out. So I was going to need knee surgery. So that didn't happen. And then I got into my first semester of school and that's another story, but ran up to a, just kind of ran up into these, all these doors closing, making it very difficult for me to just move forward with this thing. And so one day while I was in biology class, I was sitting back and I was reflecting. Others around me may have thought I was daydreaming. I was reflecting. Uh, not hearing the lesson that was in front of me at all. I was going, well, if I don't do this, what am I going to do? And that was when it hit me was like, maybe I'll try out acting. And I had, it didn't come completely out of nowhere. I've always had a little hint of that in the back of my mind. Uh, and I had a friend in Vancouver who worked in the film industry and I gotten out and worked on set a couple times just as a production assistant. And, but I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I try that. And so you can imagine um, Juliet, who hasn't known me really for like a year yet. And we're on our way to getting married that December. And I come home and I'm like, so yeah, I'm just all this stuff that, you know, I've been talking about my frustrations and things. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, it's going in this direction. She's, and I, but I had some reflections. She was like, okay, what do you, what do you think? And it's like, I think I'm going to try acting. So her vision of me was this guy who had been, you know, he was going into the reserves, like in the military as a part-time job. He's an outdoors guy. He was going into like sciences and all this <laughs> stuff. It was like, and we're two months from getting married. And she's like, who are you? Yeah. Um, that is an example of where the connection of those five things is super important. There was a respect, there was trust, there was maybe a sense of humor, uh, you know, a, a sense of adventure, like a willingness to trust me and in, in what it was that I, I needed to go to. And, uh, and so, yeah, so she was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, and so we got married. I, after that, I went and took a, I finished up my classes that semester and then I was done. I was like, okay, I'm not going back. And I started looking at classes in Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia was where we were living. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took a one week course, introduction course to acting. And I took that and they happened to have a full-time program, six month full-time program, five days a week, eight hours a day like learn the business and learn to act. 
I was like, all right. So they were doing auditions for that. And it's the first time they've ever done that. I didn't expect it to like, you know, anything to come out of it, but I thought, oh, I'll audition. We'll just see where this goes. And so uh, I auditioned and yeah, they gave me the call at the end of the week and I was completely shocked because she was saying on the phone, she was saying it in a way that made it sound like, you know, thanks for auditioning, you know, yada, yada. <laughs> and like, you totally got it. I was like, what? And so here I was seeing doors opening and I thought, all right, I'm going to go down that path. And I did that for four years. And at the same time, uh, we were starting to have children and I was, you know, yeah. raising and supporting a family. And when I was transitioning out of the acting business, there was uh, a time I just, I was burnt out, like really burnt out. And so I thought I just need something simple to pay the bills and just give me some time to think about, you know, where am I going? And I was going to be, uh, I thought out of all the things, I was like, hmm, high rise window washing. <laughs> and I, and I was like, okay, I could go do that. That gets me like up high. Talk about trying to get perspective. Right? Yeah. Subconsciously I needed perspective. And I was like, this would give me perspective. And I'd be like, It'd be quiet, all of this, all that to say, everyone was full up. No one was hiring. So I was like, dang. So I started kind of like just submitting applications for all these other jobs. And I was super not feeling it. And it was my wife and my sister-in-law who said, Shane, uh, you spend all your free time learning about this fitness stuff. You write programs for your friends. You train all of us. Like, why don't you get paid for it? Why don't you become a trainer? And my response was, huh, never thought about that. So, cause it had always been a passion. Again, it was a part of how I processed things. It was a part of being a vehicle for moving me forward in my life and supporting others to do the same. So I immediately signed up for my first live fitness uh, seminar, which I'd never done live before. I always did it from uh, books and DVDs. So DVDs were these discs, guys, um, that you would put in a, <laughs> it's digital, but it's like imprinted, Never mind. So anyway, I, I would like learn from all of that stuff. So I went to this live seminar and it really just triggered like, all right, you know, I'm ready to go. And what was interesting was it was in Vegas and I did the seminar and I booked enough time for my flight back for me to have 24 hours to go out of Vegas and to just go out into the desert area there. And I, so I spent a 24 hour period out there in the desert, about 90 minutes North of Vegas. And I spent time reflecting on if I'm going to do this fitness thing, what's my through line. And Derek, you know, me through lines and connections of things, right? It's like, what's my through line? What am I really going to focus on? What's going to be my, my anchor through all this? Because all the things will continue to change and evolve, but what's the through line? And so I wrote it down in this notebook and I was going through and it was these terms and dare to evolve was, I think it was like the eighth one down and it immediately hit, it immediately landed. And I was like, this is what I do with my life. This is through this process of seeing quote unquote reinvention of myself. I actually think of it a little less of reinvention 
and more of a, um, a process of discovery and peeling back. So with every, with every stage that I've been through, I committed fully in the space that I was in. When I was a, a conservation officer, I was like, yep, I'm going to be doing this for the next like 15 years. Like this, this is what I'm doing. When I was going to school, it was like, yep, I'm going to school for the next four or five years. I'm going to make this happen. When I went into acting, I was like, I'm in for like 20 years. I'm probably going to be a lifer because that was the level of resonance and connection that I had with the space that I was in at that time. And when I was younger, I used to have a thing about like, if you commit to something, you have to like go all the way. And it was actually coming out of university when I transitioned to acting that I realized, oh, because I actually quit two of my courses. I didn't finish them. I was just like, quit. That was so hard for me to do because mm -hmm. I would never quit a book. I would pick up a book and I would start reading. And even if it was so hard for me <laughs> to get through, like, God love my wife. Cause she's like, if she's half a chapter in and she's like, nope, gone. <laughs> like, I'm not going to waste my time using up my time and energy on something that isn't connecting. But I would be like, no, I have a commitment. I need to like, uh, and so to quit a couple of my classes and just go, I don't need to finish them. That's okay. Uh, was a really big step for me. Mm -hmm. And, but ironically for someone who has this intense sense of like commitment to finishing things and seeing it through, I've, you know, you bring up this question and all of a sudden I'm like, man, it's changed a lot over the years. And one could look back at that and go, oh, he wasn't very committed. He's sort of just like, you know, was constantly shifting to things and not following through. And it's like, no, actually it's the opposite. I was so intensely connected in the space that I was that I saw it as a part of my ongoing growth as a, as a being and what that meant to live in this world and tied to my sense of purpose, you know, as I'm moving towards something bigger, how am I contributing? How am I being of greater service? And so, and when that stage fulfilled what it needed to fulfill, then all of a sudden the energy like would just disappear mm -hmm. and it would, boom. whereas before it was nonstop. There was, it was it, um, like an, uh, an infinite source. It just, <laughs> even when people around me are going, I don't know, it doesn't look like this is going anywhere. I'm like, nope, I just know I need to keep doing this. <laughs> There's energy. But then when the energy would go and done, and I was like, oh, okay. So then now what? And taking those times for reflection, though, at a lot of those key turning points, I took time for reflection, but I didn't take enough time to celebrate. And that's mm -hmm. something that if I could say that to anybody, that as you find yourself in those places, because sometimes it just feels heavy or sad you know, or kind of like, oh man, now what depressing, you know, it can be, but is once you come out of that and you start to feel yourself being able to move forward, even while you're in the midst of it, even if you don't know where you're going to be able to look at it and go, all right, let me first celebrate what mm -hmm. I just got out of this. And I would have, I would have layered that one in as well. 
but with each reflection, it was, okay, what am I shifting towards next? And once I felt the resonance and connection with what I was doing, then it was all in and it was commit and, and make it happen. So dare to evolve when I wrote that out, sitting on that small, it was a little oasis in this desert. Writing that out, I realized I was like, this is reflective of my process. That is how I have lived my, my life. I have dared to continue to evolve what it means to be who I am and bring what I can bring in this life so that when it's time to check out, I've, I've given the best that I possibly could. And dare to evolve was important. It wasn't just about, oh, evolve, try to evolve. It was to dare myself to evolve. And I've had conversations with people over the years where some people were like, that was really, it was actually intimidating. It's like they love it and they love what it represented, but they were like, I'm also kind of intimidated by it. And I was like, that's okay. Because to dare oneself is mm -hmm. to question everything that you hold as true and to question, am I doing enough? To question, am I doing enough in the best possible way? To question all these things about ourselves. It just turns the mirror on ourselves. And, and are we willing to take those steps? And dare to evolve doesn't always have to be aggressive. It doesn't have to be a young energy, fire energy. The dare to evolve is for some of us who are naturally fiery, it's actually to dare yourself to get into more of that yin energy, the moon, the like receive, accept, to recognize that you don't give yourself that much space or enough of that space and that that will actually serve everything moving forward. Dare to do that. And dare to go against the grain of whatever is the norm and so that's what dare to evolve has represented for me and was the core of my purpose in like my anchor point in terms of what I contributed through the fitness like through this journey of fitness which has been a lot longer than all the other ones so I, I must be on the path that I was supposed to be uh, because it's continued to go, but even within that space, it evolves as well. And there was the, I worked for a gym for a year and then I ran my own business. But while I was running my own business, I was also a part of another uh, educational fitness, educational body that I was growing and learning through. And then on it came along and then I transitioned out of my business into being with on it. And while I'm in on it, it's like my own role continues to evolve as many of ours do, you know, as the, as the business and the company grows in terms of what it can provide and offer. And so there's this constant state of evolution. And so I would, I would, yeah, I would take that idea of reinvention and flip it and go, actually, for me, it's been a process of peeling back the layers to discover what is deeper and deeper at the core. Because there is something about reinvention. The word reinvention for me is to go, and the, and I know that doesn't necessarily mean that's what it means for everybody, but for right now in this moment, I'm like, yeah, to reinvent the way I, I'm feeling it is I did this 
and it served its purpose. And now I'm going to become something else as opposed to who you are has always been there. So I've gone through this experience, which is, you know, like a cocoon and now going through this, bam, I've now burst through in a new evolved state of myself. And as I continue to go through, it's going to slowly get, you know, it always, at the beginning, it always feels like wide and full of possibility and opportunity. And it always seems that when we're working with that, the further we get, sometimes it can feel like it continues to close in. And I see that closing in, not necessarily as a, um, as a negative thing or it going, yeah, you're just not, you know, this isn't where you're supposed to be, but rather a part of the natural processes in this life. Think about birth. You're in the womb and then you got to come out through the, you know, through the birth canal. It's this rebirthing process. And that is what I continue to see that as is a continual evolution that what we're doing is the core of who we are, our being is moving through these experiences. And if we stay connected to it enough, yeah, it'll get tighter and tighter and tighter, but it's because it's taken everything you've learned and popping in, in your new state. And that hopefully, if you stay connected to it, is happening your whole life, your whole life. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shane. I truly appreciate you everything you shared with us in this, in this conversation. I'm going to send things over to Bianca for her closing words on this conversation. Uh, well, first, it's such an honor to get to connect, to get to listen to your wisdom and the, the grand perspectives that you bring for all of us, because we can all relate these, these perspectives to our, our own little experiences. So there's something for everybody listening. So I'm just so grateful that we get to share your voice with more people. It has so much value. Also, nice reminder at the end for all of the people, uh, all of us feeling the squeeze of, of what is this going on? What is it like? I must transform. I must, what like, <laughs> uncomfortable feeling. We're just going through a birth canal. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> Um, but thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Um, I'm feeling very grateful. Um, yeah, it's an inspiration. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much mm -hmm. for having me on here, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone wanting to connect with Shane, they can find him on his new website. You have a new website now. I do, yes. <laughs> ShaneHines.com. Um, you can find you on Instagram, although like you said, you're not as active on there, at ShaneHines on Instagram. I'm working on that right now. Part of opening myself up and tapping into the greater possibilities. So, yeah. And then lastly, at Onnit.com, where you have all those amazing programs, whether they be the Onnit Sick Work Workouts, the Onnit in 30, which you get 10 workouts for $10. Like, it's mm -hmm. an insane deal. Like, such high-quality stuff right there. And then your baby, something that I'm so proud to be a part of. Um, and that is the Onnit Foundations um, online training. Um, I can't wait to see what's next from you, whether that be with Onnit or beyond. Um, I'll be I'll be here. I always a fan. Much love and appreciation. I love you, Shane. Thank you for this. Thank you. Love you too. 
and Bianca, real pleasure meeting you. Mm. Let's bring it in for a digital fist bump as we oh, always do. Bam. Boom. The choice. <laughs> the choice to step into the winner's circle. Thank you, you guys. And that's a wrap on today's conversation.